Hello, I'm Michael Cantrell, and you are listening to the Prison Officer Podcast, a place to have a conversation about the forgotten cops that work in this country's jails, prisons, and correctional centers. A place for me to try to make sense of a career spent working inside the fence with some of the greatest people that nobody sees or recognizes for the important job they do to keep this world safe. If you love this podcast, hit the follow button, or better yet, share with your family, friends, or coworkers. Okay, welcome back to the Prison Officer Podcast. Uh, today's episode, I've got exciting news, or at least I think it's pretty exciting. I've been working several months on uh, putting together a book, and uh, I guess it's ready for me to finally announce. So, announcing the Prison Officer Podcast Job Guide. Information and guidance to start your career in corrections. Uh, so one of the side things that happened when I started this podcast was I started getting a lot of questions about, well, some of them were, what would you do if you had to do it again? Uh, would you still work for the same agency? Would you work for a different agency? Um, I get questions about which agency is the best. And so that kind of started the idea on this. And then I get a lot of questions about, you know, I just started and I want to be a good rookie. What do I need to do? How do I, uh, you know, succeed in corrections? What, what, what tips do I need to succeed in corrections? How do I be a good officer? So those were the two things that kind of started my brain working on this book. And I started putting it together. Um, uh, I'm pretty proud of it. There's, uh, some tips and tricks and just common sense advice. I didn't write it above anybody's head. I wrote it like I was talking to someone and I was giving them that advice. Uh, I've written some articles before. I don't know if you've been to Corrections One, but if you go up to the expert columnists, um, I've written several articles for them. Of, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so. But one of them was eight pieces of advice for new correctional officers. And that one was just really well received. I, I did that several years ago. And I've had several of my friends and other people tell me that, you know, they will uh, give that to new rookies and have them read it, that they really thought that it was a good article, some stuff they needed to know. So I took that and decided I was going to put together what a new hire needs, everything from how to build a resume, you know, what to do at an interview, how to succeed in corrections, how to be a good rookie. And then I've compiled all of the state agencies and we'll go through some of this and I'll, I'll read it to you, but all of the state agencies, how to contact them, uh, what they pay, uh, if there's any current bonuses that I could find, um, how long their academy is, things that someone going into corrections for the first time or even looking for a different job in corrections uh, might want to know. So that's what brought this book together. And let me just, I want to share some of it with you just so you can get an idea of, you know, what's in here. So here towards the front, uh, of course, preparing your resume. And there's a lot of people I see. I see so many differences in how people submit these resumes and how they put them together. And there's a ton of information online, but nobody specifically talks about what an old crusty, you know, captain sitting on that hiring board's looking for. And it's different than it is probably at some boardrooms or, you know, some other places. So in 2015, I got promoted to deputy captain at uh, USP Thompson, and I got to go up there and activate a new institution. 
So I was really excited about that. But one of the things that became a large part of my job was hiring. We had to hire, I don't know what the quota was at the time, but it was close to 500 staff to open up that prison or more. And so I was involved in a couple of hundred different uh, either interviews or resumes or going through their paperwork. Um, hiring became a large part of my job. And even after I got promoted to captain at the USP, uh, it became even more of my job and uh, more personal because the people you hire to activate a prison set the tone. They set the culture. Uh, so it was very important to me to get the right people. So there's some things that people just don't, um, that you're not going to find online. You know, and I think some of them, as a captain, here's one of the things I looked for. Probably the first impression, you know, and people think, well, the first impression is, you know, what I've done or uh, the interview that I got set up for. The first thing I looked at in a packet was their application. I want to see how they communicate in writing. You know, we talk in corrections, communication's huge, and it's what we do most of the time in our job. But a lot of people don't talk about the effect writing has. And if you're not really good at writing, uh, it shows in, in your performance. It shows in your job. So it's something that you can improve, definitely. But it's one of the first things I look at. Do you write legibly? You're going to do a lot of written reports. And I know people are going to say, oh, we've got computers now and we've got printers and we've got all that stuff. You can't, you know, most logs aren't done. Um, I won't say most, a lot of logs aren't done on the computer still. If you're working, you know, tower six, more than likely you're not doing tower six logs on a computer. It's an old, it's an old binder or something like that, that they've, um, that you go in there and put, you know, started duty at this time, saw this end of duty at this time. So being able to write legibly, being able to write memos, being able to, um, incident reports or, you know, if you're writing shots uh, for discipline, if you're doing a training request for your teams, you know, all of these things require writing skill. Uh, so that's one of the first things I look at. Can you communicate in writing? And I don't just leave you there if you can't, because here's one of the things I want you to go out and do if you're getting ready to hire on in corrections is there's a website out there and it's called uh, yourpolicewrite.com. And that's Y-O-U-R-P-O-L-I-C-E-W-R-I-T-E-E, sorry, W-R-I-T-E dot com. And there's a lot of tips and tricks and some practice and some online classes that you can get through there. So it's a really good place to start and improve those writing skills if you don't have great writing skills. Um, so that's one of the things when I'm sitting down and I'm going through that paperwork that I'm looking for. What else am I looking for? Well, I'm looking for how you highlight experience. And this is one of the questions I get the most. You know, they say, I haven't worked in police. I haven't worked in um, corrections. My experience doesn't translate to corrections. So how do I highlight that on a resume? And what I'm going to tell you is, as an administrator, as a hiring official, what I'm looking for is someone who can show me uh, the ability to manage things. And that's not always people. Um, inventories. Uh, you might be third shift manager at the local convenience store. And your job at night is to make sure that the inventories are up to date and that the stuff's ordered for the next day. That shows skill. That shows uh, management skill. So those are the types of things you can highlight. Um, 
has, has there been a problem at work that you identified and that you were able to either correct or take to your boss and have corrected? You know, those are things you can highlight. I want to see things that you did. Um, what I don't want to see is, um, 2000, 2019 CPR certified, 2020 CPR certified, 2021 CPR certified. And I'll see these, you know, the whole resume is filled up with that type of stuff. Your CPR certified, put that on there, but tell me about how you do your job, how you are as a worker, how you are as a leader or a manager. Um, that's what I want to see on that resume. So that's some of the things I discuss in the book. Um, Another thing I often get is how can I be, you know, a good rookie? How can I be a good officer? And over my years of experience, when I became a supervisor, that was when I realized that I need to give my expectations to my staff. So I started with my lieutenants and I put together a, a list of Captain Cantrell's expectations. And it kind of grew and went back and forth and, and changed and uh, until I had what I thought served me well as my expectations. Now, I'm going to not warn you, but I am going to say to the supervisors out there, when you do this and you put this out to your staff, what your expectations are, realize that you're being held to that now. So don't put it out there just, you know, just to see it. It's something that you're being held to. It's something that you're saying Here's the level I expect out of you, and here's the level I'm giving back. So, um, so let me read through some of these. And these are, these are things that I, if I'm going to tell an officer, you want to be a good officer, you want to shine at work. Here's some of the things I'm going to expect. Uh, communicate with everyone in a professional manner. You can be a professional and still get your point across. You don't have to start cussing. You don't have to start yelling. Um, we do not want to go to their level. We want to be that professional at all times. And that carries us throughout the day. And it's going to carry you through your career. Another one is demonstrate initiative. Do the right thing without being told. You see a problem, fix the problem, and expect the same out of your officers. Now, this was written for my lieutenants, but you could do that at any level. You see the problem, fix it. I don't want complacency of problems in prison grow. If you see something that's wrong, make it known. If you can't fix it yourself, make it known to your supervisor, but don't let those things go on. Um, and I'll just, I'll leave it at that for right now. Uh, practice personal accountability, appropriately address and correct unacceptable behavior immediately in staff and inmates. Now this was written for lieutenants. So I do expect if they see staff not doing something appropriate to address it. That's our job as a supervisor. We can't walk by and let those things slide. If I see a officer who is um, standing out there yelling at the inmates, using curse words and stuff, I can't just walk on out the door and pretend I didn't see it. Uh, I'll tell you early in my career as a lieutenant, here's some of the advice I got. I worked with another lieutenant who um, every year we have annual training. And so there was 50 to 60 staff who would sit out there and we'd go through that yearly training for a week. And the the advice he gave me, I think the only advice he ever gave me was, uh, hey, when we go to annual training, make sure you sit on the front row. 
That way you can't see if anybody's looking at their phone or doing anything wrong behind you. And I was like, wow, uh, we're supposed to set the example, not ignore what's going on. So uh, that's something that always stuck with me. If I see something, I'm going to step to that officer or that staff or that inmate, and I'm going to say, hey, this isn't how we do it here. And that's not always going to make you popular, but it will make you a strong officer. It will make you respected if you do it in the right way. And uh, it will make you shine as a correctional officer. View mistakes as opportunities for growth and development. And when I say that, I mean that in both ways. I mean um, not only yourself. When you identify a mistake that you've made, stand up to it. Identify it. Apologize for it. Correct it. Um, We make mistakes. And the only thing that makes a mistake worse is if we try to hide it. So if you find yourself making a mistake, just own up to it. Uh, There's a book out there by uh, Jocko Wilnick called Extreme Ownership. It's one of the best reads out there for for supervisors, in my opinion. If you practice extreme ownership, the staff below you will practice extreme ownership, and uh, it's going to make a better working environment for everybody. Um, If you see others make a mistake, if you see your subordinates, those who work for you, if you see them make mistakes, it doesn't always, you don't have to come down with the hammer every time. Okay. Uh, I've worked for a lot of supervisors that they just walk around with a hammer over your head and they're just waiting for you to make a mistake so they can hit you with it. And that's a hard way to work. I've worked under it. I've seen other people work under it. Uh, I really tried like I wasn't that way. I didn't want my staff to feel like I was going to bring a hammer down on them all the time. If they made a mistake, then we identified it. They took ownership of it. And then we worked on how this mistake wasn't going to happen again. And whether or not that's personal, whether or not it was us changing a policy or a procedure uh, to keep that from happening, um, just remember, you don't always have to bring that hammer down on them. So um, view mistakes as opportunities for growth and development. Another thing I'll say about that real quick, um, if they make a mistake, if your staff make a mistake, and you don't allow them to be part of fixing that mistake or correcting it or making sure it doesn't happen again, they don't get any growth out of it. If the only thing you do is punish them or discipline them for that mistake without allowing them to help correct it, they're not going to get anything out of it. They're not going to grow. They're not going to become better staff. So that's definitely something I would uh, uh, put out there. Credibility. Credibility is the most important word, not only in prison, but it's the most important in life. Um, in prison, we we have a lot of terms for that. Credibility, respect. Um, so just remember, everything that you do in prison is looked at by inmates. If you're a supervisor, it's being looked at by your officers or your lieutenants. Um, once you lose that credibility, you can't get it back. Um Prisons have very long memories. They uh, they don't forget stuff easily. I've seen staff who made mistakes early in their career or, or did things they weren't supposed to, and they're still living with that, the reminder of that 20 years later, because we do have long memories. Um, there's things in prison that you can do that will never be forgotten. And anything that affects your credibility, 
takes away your power as a supervisor, takes away your power as an officer. Because if you think the inmates don't know that you lost your credibility with other staff, they do. People talk, they listen. That's all they do is listen. So take care of that. Take care of your honor, your integrity, your credibility. And then the final one on Cantrell, Captain Cantrell's expectations. And, uh, you know, this is number 12. And it, it's the most special to me because one day I overheard one of my lieutenants, and he knows who he is. I've, I've spoke with him about this. But he was telling a new employee what Captain Cantrell expected out of his staff. And uh, this just truly sums up what I ask of my staff and what I tried to set the example for. And I automatically put it in there as number 12. So here's what he told that staff member. Know your job, do your job, and be a professional. And I think that really does sum up what I expected out of my staff. If if you know your job, if you're studying policy, if you're making sure you know the housing unit rules, you're going to be a staff member who people respect, who has that credibility. Um, if you're doing your job, you know, if you're not complacent, if you're making sure that what you're assigned to do for your eight hours is getting done, and if it's not following up to make sure it does get done, um, this is another way for you to shine as a supervisor. And then always be a professional. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there haven't been times where uh, I've had a buddy grab my shoulder and say, hey, Cantrell, settle down, because you get worked up. Uh, these inmates can get in your face. and I. But I tried not to. I tried to always remain that professional and to hold myself at a better standard than what I expected out of inmates. Uh, I tried not to go to their level. So... Um, yeah, that's my number one. Know your job, do your job, and be a professional. So um, so there's lots of that in there. It's just I, I wrote it, like I said, common sense. Uh, I wrote it to the person reading it. It's not written um, you know, over anybody's head or anything. I just wrote it like I was trying to pass on knowledge to someone. So hopefully you can find some use out of those items. You know, and then as you go through the back of the book, um, all 50 state agencies I've got in here, um, let's see, like here, uh, contact Tennessee Department of Corrections. I've got their address in here. I've got their phone number. I've got their email. If you will need to email somebody, uh, salary and all of this is current as of April 1st, 2022. So this book is something I'll probably update as things change. And right now there are, you know, bonuses and stuff that do change. So I may have to uh, update that at times, but right now in Tennessee, the salary is 44,520 a year. You get an automatic increase of to 46,752 upon successful completion. Uh, and then you're eligible for a $5,000 sign-in bonus payable over 18 month period. So that's, that covers some of the salary information there. Minimum requirements, and then I list what the minimum requirements are for um, the Tennessee Department of Corrections, and you will be surprised when you get this book. I kind of thought minimum requirements across the country would be the same, and there are some vast differences. Uh, some require a driver's license, some don't. Uh, some, I think the lowest I saw was 18. The highest I saw was 21 before you could start. There were some trainee positions that you could start in at 20. Uh, so I was, I learned a lot putting this book together, but, um, and then I highlight some, um, uh, some different, 
web links that might give you some information on, you know, specifically on becoming a correctional officer. Now, I will say this is for prison officers, for correctional officers. I didn't link it to uh, any food service jobs, any, you know, anything like that. But the contact information would probably get you to those jobs if that's what you're interested in. And the front half of the book definitely would help you for interviews and resumes and, and, and being a good correctional worker. But the information I gathered was very specifically for correctional officers or prison officers. It talks about how long the academy is. And like I said, I've listed all 50 of those. I've also listed... Uh, the couple of, you know, the Federal Bureau of Prisons, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, those are both federal correctional jobs. I've listed the private correctional companies, CoreCivic, uh, MTC, GEO, all their information. I've done some international corrections in here if you're interested. I don't, I don't know. Maybe um, you may want to take a job. Some of you, I didn't know this, but you can work in other some of these other countries. Some of them you can't. Some of them you have to be a resident of the country. Others you can get a work visa and become a, a correctional officer in another country. So I've got like Australia, Canada, Philippines, um, and then some county corrections. I've got that in here uh, with like Cook County, Los Angeles County, Maricopa County, and I'm sure the county portion of this, if I expand this, will be the one that expands the most. But anyway, I'm very proud of this book. It's about 100 pages. You can get it on Amazon.com for $9.99. It's the Prison Officer Officer Podcast Job Guide, Uh, information and guidance to start your career in corrections. So you can go to Amazon to pick that up. You can also go to www.theprisonofficer.com and you can go to the store, click on the shop button, and that'll take you to the Prison Officer Podcast store. You can buy it there. If you buy it there and um, it is mailed from me, I will be happy to sign it or put whatever uh, notes you would like on the inside. While you're there, this is my first book, and it was called Monotonous Chaos, The Ramblings of a, a Prison Guard. And over the years, it was cathartic for me as I worked the housing unit. Sometimes, you know, you're sitting there on midnights and uh, I would write poems and stories. And so several years ago, I collected those into a book. Some of them you may have heard on the podcast. I've referenced some of them. But um, it's just a little book uh, with uh, some some dark poetry and some dark stories You can also find that on www.theprisonofficer.com or on amazon.com. And one final thing, uh, I have had people ask how they can help support this this podcast. So I looked around. I didn't want to, um, you know, have a membership area and stuff like that. But I found a deal called Buy Me a Cup of Coffee. So if you'll look on the uh, prison officer or prison officer podcast page, you'll see a place where you can buy me a cup of coffee. And it's just a way to say thank you to podcast hosts to um, help support, you know, the costs of having a podcast. Uh, You can click on there and Apple Pay, credit card, they take several different forms of of, uh, payment, but you can leave as little as $2 or multiples of $2. Uh, 
So if that's something you'd like to do to support the podcast, you can go to www.thepodcast, excuse me, www.thepresentofficerpodcast.com. And I hope you guys check out the book. Uh, send me some some feedback. Let me know if you liked it. Uh, if you get the chance, leave a review. Reviews do a lot as far as people finding the book on the internet for us. So if you get the chance, leave me a review. I'd love to hear how you think I can improve it or or what you'd like to see in there on maybe an updated edition. And that's it for now. Hope you have a great day. If you enjoy these podcasts, the best way to support the Prisoner Officer Podcast is to share these episodes with your friends or, or family on social media. Let me invite you to visit www.theprisonofficer.com. If you haven't already, check out the Prison Officer Podcast on Facebook and click that little follow button. Or leave us a message, or better yet, leave us a review. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify, please click the subscribe button. Till next time, I'm Mike Cantrell. Watch your back, and please take care of each other out there behind those walls.